1: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
2: Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes, I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world.
1: I really never thought of it that way.
2: The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry.
1: I'm missing so
2: terribly, i miss missing every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered The podcast. I have the privilege and the honor to meet for the first time a remarkable little boy that I wanted to meet from the moment I heard his story. His name is Maddie Stepanek, and I hear he's an extraordinary person. He's only 11 years old. I've spoken to him on the phone several times, but today is the first time we're actually meeting in person. Here's Maddie's story.
3: I want people to know my life philosophy. To remember to play after every storm. Maddie Stepanik
2: is an extraordinary 11 year old living through a difficult storm. He was born with a rare form of muscular dystrophy.
3: You feel it in your muscles. You feel muscle pain. To get around, I need my wheelchair first, I need oxygen tanks.
2: Maddie's mom, Jenny, also has the disease, which she did not discover until after she had had four children.
4: Katie died when she was two years old. Stevie died at six months of age. And Jamie died when he was four years old. Maddie has miraculously just turned 11, which nobody would have ever guessed possible.
2: From a very young age, Maddie was special. Even while tethered to oxygen, he earned a junior black belt in martial arts. And now he homeschools at the 11th grade level. But his real gift is the poetry, he writes.
3: I have a song deep in my heart. I write to express my thoughts, my feelings. I want people to think. A few of my poems are fun, but most of them are so that we can understand how we need to listen to our heart songs and to spread peace with each other.
2: You hear the word heart songs a lot in his poetry.
3: Your heart song is your inner beauty. It's the song in your heart that wants you to to help make yourself a better person and to help other people do the
4: same. Maddie is a very unique spirit. Um, A lot of people would say he's an old soul, he's spiritual, and he's hopeful for something bigger than himself.
3: When I grow up, I not only want to be a peacemaker, I also want to be a father. I have stuffed
4: animals that I treat like my children.
2: For a boy so full of life, he came very close to dying this year.
4: Maddie spent about five months in the intensive care unit at Children's National Medical Center in D.C. I came
3: so close to death, I saw angels coming to greet me into heaven.
4: With
2: his health fading and time running out, Maddie's three lifelong wishes had not yet been granted.
3: I've always had three wishes, and they are one, to have my book published so I can spread my message of peace through the world, too, to talk peace with my hero, Jimmy Carter, and meet with Oprah Winfrey.
2: Maddie got his first wish, Two Books of Poetry, published in the last four months, and with a phone call, his second wish came true.
3: They picked up the phone and handed it to me. It was Jimmy Carter. It was so
4: exciting. I couldn't believe it.
2: Maddie was very sick clinging to life, but he wanted to return to the comforts of home.
4: The day before he came home from the hospital, Maddie and I prayed very, very hard, and Maddie's prayer was that he was coming home to live. And all the bleeding, it just stopped. I call it a miracle. I really think I'm here for a purpose, because in my life,
3: I've had so many close calls to dying. Even if it takes me one year or 1,000 years, I have to do it. I was meant to
2: do. Well, Maddie's wish to share his message on The Oprah Show is coming through to today. Please welcome Maddie Sophani. Maddie! You're yeah. everything I imagine. Nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, you're here. You made it here. Thank you so you're everything I imagined. You this is your first time flying coming here too, right? Yes, it was. And what was that like for you?
3: It was amazing for me. Uh, I mean, even especially when we had to go through this huge cloud. Uh-huh. We would I saw a cloud coming, and I figured they would just go around it. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm surrounded by white stuff, and I felt like I was in this fluffy marshmallow.
2: In this fluffy marshmallow. That's
3: it, that's? my mom, however.
2: (laughs) She was a little anxious, right? A little. A little anxious. That's
3: putting it simply.
2: That's putting it simply. Yes. Well, how are you? How is your health? How are you doing?
3: I'm doing a lot better health-wise. I'm doing very well (laughs) (laughs) excitement-wise.
2: So I heard that a lot of grown-ups had tried to get you to let go of the three wishes, but you held on to them. Yeah. Yes. Because?
3: Because they were things that would last forever. Yeah. Going to Disney World ends in a week. Having a shopping spree ends in a day, but being able to talk to Jimmy Carter, being able to have my books published, being able to talk to you here today lasts forever.
2: You are the sweetest voice. It is a sweet privilege. So you've been writing poetry since you were how old?
3: About three. Yeah. I would um, go to my mom. On the, who would be typing on the computer, either schoolwork or playing solitaire. And um, mm-hmm. I would say, Mommy, can you write something down for me, please? And she would say, Sure. And I would sa- tell her these poems, and um, she would type them down for me. And then when I learned to write, and I also learned that I was making poetry,
2: Yeah. Because you didn't even know that's what you were doing.
3: Yes. Yeah. I would, I was just expressing my feelings. I was just saying what I felt like I needed to say. Uh-huh. I learned to write, so I wrote and dictated. And now, most of the time, I just go up to my computer and type up some poems.
2: And so you you started calling it Heart Songs because what?
3: It was the song in my heart. It was the message in my heart. A heart song doesn't have to be a song in your heart, even talking about love and peace. It can just be your message. It can be your f- feelings. Some people might even call it a conscience, mm-hmm. even though that's not really what it is. It's your message, what you feel you need to do.
2: And everybody has it.
3: Everyone, no matter what it is, it's, it's still sings the same beautiful message of peace and love. But people now are fighting over how our heart songs are different, but they don't need to be the same.
2: Our heart songs don't need to be the same because everybody has different ones.
3: Yes, and that's the beauty. We are a mosaic of gifts, and each of us has our inner beauty no matter how we look. I mean, you're very beautiful, I know, but... It's our interview. <laughs> 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 this is you know I, I i I
2: read your first book, and I and now the second book, Journey through Heart Songs has come out, and I have my own favorite poems. I ask you where did these th- th- where do these come from?
3: Um just they are my feelings, they're my life experiences. I mean, like I said when I was little, I would say. Mommy, can you type this up for me? They're
2: your life experiences, Mr. 11-year-old. Life... <laughs> but are are my do,
3: feelings.
2: Don't you think you're wise beyond your years, don't you? Um, yes,
3: thank you.
4: Yes. <laughs>
3: I think you are. Indeed you are. <laughs> On uh, September
2: 11th, after learning about the terrorist attacks, Maddie wrote a poignant poem entitled 9 11 Let's listen to that.
3: It was a dark day in America. There was no amazing grace. Freedom did not ring. Tragedy attacked sky high. Fiery terror reigned. Structures collapsed. Red with blood, white with ash, and out of the sky blue. As children trust elders, citizens find faith in leaders. But all were blinded, shocked by the blasts undefiable outrage, undeniable outpouring of support, even prayer, or at least moments of silence. Church and state could not be separated. A horrific blasting of events with too few happy endings. Can the children sleep safely in their beds tonight? Can the citizens ever rest assured of national security again? God, please bless America and the rest of our earthly home.
1: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
2: Daddy. so I understand that this period of terrorism has been especially hard for you since peace is so important to you. You see yourself in the world as a
3: peacemaker. Yes, through my poetry and my heart song. Mm-hmm. And another sad thing is that a lot of the firefighters who are still missing, mm-hmm. I know through the MDA Association, mm-hmm. We were good friends. And right before the tragedy happened, I had spent a wonderful weekend at a softball tournament with all of the New York firefighters, helping to raise money through M- for MDA and to celebrate life. And a lot of my very good friends, who are firefighters, are still missing. Mm-hmm.
2: So you, you actually knew people who were in yes, that building. Yes,
3: and um, I was very devastated. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. But, you know, I know you believe something I
2: believe. I just wrote in one of my uh, columns th- this month that when you lose somebody you love, you gain an angel you know. Yes. And I know you believe that, too, because you think your your brothers and sisters are your angels.
3: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly who my guardian angel is, mm-hmm. but I know that my guardian angel helps me very much. I also know that St. St. Rita, and blessed brother Dre really grew up some miracles so I need them. Mm-hmm. And my brothers and sister, Jamie, Katie, and Stevie, take very good care of me. And in return, I visit the cemetery where they're buried, and I always restock the little can of toys I leave there. You do. And I give them balloons. You said
2: in the tape that when everyone thought that you were really going to pass on over to the other country, that you were a goner, a lot of people thought you were. You said that you saw the angels coming, coming for you. Did you?
3: Yes. And it, what did that feel like? It was beauty beyond imagination and description. When I woke up, the first thing I said was, don't forget do not believe in the Christmas trees. Angels are so much more beautiful than that.
2: Let's listen to another one of Maddie's poems. This one is called When I Die. Why did you write this poem?
3: because I, I wrote many of them, and they're my different thoughts on dying and what I would like to ha- happen to me after I do reach that point. Okay,
2: here's Maddie's poem, When I Die.
3: When I die, I want to be a child in heaven. I want to be a 10-year-old cherub. I want to be a hero in heaven and a peacemaker, just like my goal on earth. I will ask God, if I can help the people in purgatory. I will help them think about their life, about their spirits, about their future. I will help them hear their heart songs again so they can finally see the face of God so soon. When I die, I want to be just like I want to be here on earth. A champion is a winner, a hero, someone who never gives up, even when the going gets rough. A champion is a member of a winning team, someone who overcomes challenges, even when it requires creative solutions. A champion is an optimist, a hopeful spirit, someone who plays the game, even when the game is called life especially when the game is called life. There can be a champion in each of us if we live as a winner, if we live as a member of the team, if we live with a hopeful spirit for life.
2: I'm talking to my new friend, poet and peacemaker, Maddie Stepanik. If ever I had a book to recommend, it's Maddie's Journey Through Heart Songs by Maddie Stepanik. You did all the, look, look at him, baby. <laughs> If ever you were going to buy a book, I recommend it. This is the one, my friends. Maddie and I got to meet each other for the first time after I heard one of his three big wishes in life was to spread his message of peace on The Oprah Show. And he shares that message, of course, in this new book of poetry, Journey Through Heart Songs. He's been writing poetry since he was three years old. I hear the point we just heard on being a champion is one of your favorites because...
3: It describes what a champion really is. A champion does not mean you have to come home with a big golden trophy and make everyone know. A champion is your strength inside of you. And it is what really happens to you, not just a material thing. A champion is what you feel inside. And unfortunately, these days, a lot of people might misinterpret that. But I still believe that a champion in is the inner strength.
2: You are very wise, mm-hmm. very wise.
3: Mm-hmm. A part
2: of mm-hmm. Is uh, Maddie's mom? I hear you didn't realize that you had muscular dystrophy until after all four of your children had been born.
4: Correct, really? Um, I was very athletic and... Running five miles a day. Ran five miles a day, and I had four children between 1985 and 1990 in a a four-and-a-half-year span, and they all just kept getting sicker and sicker. Um, And I was very tired and a lot of pain, but assumed that was the stress of having such sick children and um, just mental stress Mm -hmm. um, of going through and the physical stress of their care. And when I was diagnosed, Uh, with the adult form of muscular dystrophy, which is more muscular. Uh, It's muscle impairment. They went back and checked my children. Two of them had already died, Um, but Maddie and his brother Jamie were still alive, and they were tested and diagnosed with the infant onset, Mm -hmm. which is neurologically devastating and usually or always, except for in his case, fatal during early childhood.
2: So how do you explain that you're still here?
4: Um, between... What keeps me
3: going is, one, my poetry. My expressing my feelings and then the opportunity to share it with others Mm -hmm. is just such a gift to me. It gives me a really good reason to keep going. Mm -hmm. Another thing is how people help me through it, like my mom, my friends, my, uh, my dreams. And another very important factor of it of why I'm here today talking to you is the p- prayer. Um... Prayer? Yes. Yeah. So I hear that
2: Maddie was so close to death, Jenny, that doctors suggested you celebrate his birthday early, but you refused to do that.
4: Yes, I, I refused because I thought if I did move it up a month, it would give a message to him that it was okay to die. And that if he lived, then we'd have to re-celebrate his birthday, which he'd have enjoyed. But um, <laughs> you, so you... we held off, and they did everything they could medically at Children's in D.C. to save him, and they worked on treating him spiritually and um, emotionally to mm-hmm. to try and keep him going, also.
2: Because do you ever you get
3: down sometimes? Um. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but usually I'll write some poetry. And talk to my mom about it, and I'll get through the life storm and then I'll celebrate.
2: You will. You know, one of my favorites is uh, the, the prayer for a journey that you write at the beginning of the book, where you say, thank you, God, not just for life, but for our journey through life. Life is a miracle, and a journey through life is so full of so many more miracles if we travel with our heart songs. Thank you, God, for blessing me with the gift of heart songs so that I can enjoy my miracles. You know, I think that's so important, especially... You wrote that in 1998. But I think that's so important, especially now, when everybody is feeling a sense of fear and having been terrorized, to look at what you have in your life and have a sense of gratitude and see the miracles in your life. And you, although you're hooked up to all this equipment, do you still see miracles in your life every day?
3: Yes. hmm Like getting through another day mm-hmm. and being able to have all kinds of things happen each day, even if the only thing that happens is my homeschool work. It's a miracle. Well, it, yes, it's a miracle that I get to do that, because I, I couldn't do it if I was in heaven. In a way, that's good, but in other ways, that's <laughs> bad. <laughs>
1: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
2: And so you appreciate every little thing I was asking you. How was the hotel? And you told me. It
3: was like, it's perfect up there. It's great. He said the
2: bed is like marshmallows.
3: <laughs> well, I hear that you
2: have a really big rock collection with stones and, and rocks from all over the world. Is that true?
3: Yes.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I have rocks from all over the Place. I even have rocks from, um, s- castles in Germany and s- Ireland and a piece of the Berlin Wall. And my most recent rock was a rock I just picked up here in Chicago. You did? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought I heard that when you found out you were coming to the show that you wanted some Chicago and Oprah rocks, so I got some for you. One says peace.
3: Thank you. There's a
2: peace rock. That's for you. Another one says, says wish. And then another one says, Maddie. Oh. Maddie. Oh, this is all you. all for you. Another one says, Oprah, though you remember me. <laughs> there you go. And this one says heart songs. Thank Rocks you. Rocks for you. Rocks for you. Thank you, Maddie. It's a sweet privilege to talk to you. You are a peacemaker. You know what? You are a peacemaker. I think everybody who's heard you today and heard your poems—because isn't that what you wanted to do—was to spread the message of your poems. Yes. Has felt just a little quiet sigh of peace. (laughs) Don't you feel better hearing Maddie? Just a quiet (laughs) sigh of peace. So
4: you and Maddie—it's just you and Maddie
2: in the house, taking care of each other. Yes. Yeah.
4: We live in a basement of somebody else's house. It's a wonderful family that lives upstairs, and they're like kin family to us. Yeah. But um, in our apartment, it's just Maddie and myself.
2: Yeah. So just getting through the day, washing dishes and doing regular
4: stuff is... It's not what people think it is. Yeah. <laughs> you have to plan everything, getting into a shower, fitting through a doorway, just getting him out of bed. Most people get out of bed. It, you, there's all kinds of things you have to do just to get him out of bed, um, medically and physically.
2: Well, you must be proud of your boy.
4: I am so proud. (laughs) proud
2: of your boy. I'm proud of you, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, I hope people buy the book.
4: I
3: hope they do. Our eyes are for looking at things, but they are also for crying when we are very happy or very sad. Our ears are for listening, but so are our hearts. Our noses are for smelling food, but also the wind and the grass, and if we try very hard, butterflies our hands are for feeling but also for hugging and touching so gently our mouths and tongues are for tasting but also for saying words like i love you and thank you god for all these things
2: Our next guest is here to answer the question, how does it feel to be blind? Tom Sullivan has never known what it feels like to see. Here's Tom's story or part of it. Born prematurely, Tom Sullivan spent his first weeks in an incubator where he was given too much oxygen. And though it saved his life, it cost him his eyesight. But being blind never stopped Tom from pursuing his dreams, whether he is skiing on snow or water. Competing in triathlons or whitewater rafting. There's nothing Tom won't try. He's even been bungee jumping and Over the years Tom has jumped into many jobs from acting and singing to writing books and reporting the news in Florence, Italy Tom says he had an awakening when he was allowed to touch the great statues of Michelangelo and for the first time he says he felt like he could see Touching the statue of David was one of the most astonishing experiences for you? Well,
5: David was, but I also had the amazing experience of touching, really, his first work, the Bacchus. Mm. And in the process, Oprah, I found myself realizing that for the first time I could see, that I understood the sculptor better than anyone else because I could read the nuance that his hands placed on a face, muscle tone, tissue, the slant of an eyebrow, the arch of a chin. Um, the, the nuance of a smile, the body texture, all those things that I thought were denied to me mm-hmm. became real. I've enjoyed four out of five senses on levels that are unbelievable. Okay, you know. So I'm a... your
2: your your levels are higher, definitely higher than ours.
5: The wonder of this is that they're exorcized higher. They're not higher, but I had to develop them. And and a clear here's a clear example of what I mean. I'm a runner, you know that, mm-hmm. and. I run on the beach in California. There are fifteen different kinds of waves that you can hear coming in on that beach depending on the day. There are eleven different textures of sand. Really? Sure. There are over sixty kinds of birds that I hear and the smells combine things like lilac and orange blossom and and, uh, weed and kelp and breakfast cooking up on the cliff above the beach where I run. All that stuff is pouring in in a sensorial experience that's beyond measure. So how in... Under any terms, how can this guy, Tom Sullivan, mm-hmm. think that he got cheated? Because I'm finding levels of, of life acceptance and life celebration that go far beyond things that seem surface. And you so you can
2: c- measure beauty in a voice and that smiles and frowns also have sounds.
5: Your smile yeah. is your greatest thing. You smile huge. I mean, you smile huge. <laughs> You do. Yeah. And, it's, and, and the deal is, you can hear the sibilant sound of a smile. The S sounds, the H sounds of a smile happen. Uh, I was speaking at a school the other day, and kids had questions. And they, just before they'd ask the question, they go, huh? yes. go, <laughs> I love it. It's the ultimate sound of uh, call on me.
4: Yeah,
5: yeah. Uh, the other thing is, along with the question of ugly, I don't live in a system of labels. I mean, as an example, I know that I'm blind, and I know that you're an African-American. But both of us... Who told you? I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. But the cool... <laughs> well, who told you I haven't checked you out either?
2: So you made a decision, though, that you were not going to be labeled, that you were going to live life on the field, right. is it correct? Right. And I know when it happened. You know when, when, when did it
5: happen? Two moments. I was in my backyard. Now, my parents had built a fence around it. How old were you? Oh, Mm -hmm. Their assumption was that they had to keep the world outside and keep me safe inside. And down the street from the house, there was a baseball field. And I could hear the sound of the game, you know, the ball popping into people's gloves, and the kids hitting it. And I wanted desperately to play it, so I picked up a stick and a rock. And I remember this. And every time I'd hear a little boy hit the baseball, (laughs) I would hit my rock with my stick. And a kid came by my fence on his way home, and he looked through the wire, and he said, what's the matter, kid, are you blind? And then he started that chant, Uh blindy, 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 that chant that said he saw me as different. And I threw rocks at him and missed. I mean, I hated him in that moment. But two weeks later, I was in my yard, and I heard two little boys move into the house next door, Billy and Mike Cannon. They're still my special friends. And I thought, okay, I am getting out. And this fence was about eight feet high. And I climbed to the top. And I remember thinking, what now, what now, what now? And I thought, (laughs) ah, hell, jump. (laughs) (laughs) So I leaped out into space, and I crashed on the ground and knocked the wind out of myself. And the little boy, Billy Hannon, saw it. And he came running over, and he said, wow. He said, that was a gnarly fall. (laughs) And I said, Yeah, and he said, what's your name? I said, I'm Tom Sullivan, and I'm blind. And he went, wow. And then, Oprah, this child said the three most important words I've ever heard, and this is from Maddie. This little boy, Maddie, said, want to play? Uh. Want to play. And I've
2: kept the games going all through life. That's fabulous. Thank you, Tom Sullivan. Thank you you so much. Thanks, Maddie and Jenny Sakama. And Tom Sullivan, thank you for being here today. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to the Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.
1: Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.